Culture of the Commons, a podcast featuring researchers, innovators, artists, entrepreneurs, and community builders who are improving the human condition in your own backyard and around the globe. I'm your host, Tom Osha. Welcome to the Commons. I'm your host, Tom Osha. It's great to be back. And as a matter of fact, the Commons comes to you live today from the Association of University Research Parks and their international meeting in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's great to be back here at AURP after a two-year absence. And this is the largest gathering of visionaries around university-centric research parks and innovation districts anywhere. And uh, stopping by the table, my guest right now is Mark Romney, who is the Chief Industry Alliance Officer for the University of California at Davis. Mark, welcome to the Commons. Tom, pleasure to be here. Thank you. You know, AURP has always been known as a conference that's, that's great for learning from one's peers. And I know as you were thinking of envisioning the Aggie Square Innovation District, you spent some time here. Tell me a little bit about those early days. You know, it was great. You know, I thought that I knew a lot about industry and about research space and building and designing of research facilities. What I really didn't understand was the innovation ecosystem. So the consultants that we brought on early on, sort of first rec- prerequisite for working with them was to attend an AURP conference, which was the spring training in Tempe. And I often refer to it as the religious experience without any gospel. I was connected with numerous leaders at the top research parks and innovation districts across the nation who took me under their wing right away and um, offered to help in any way because for them, Another innovation district, especially on the West Coast, was something that would complement their network and um, elevate the opportunities for the universities to get more engaged in expanding their innovation and licensing their technology. So uh, talk to me a little bit about how do industry partnerships and alliances work at UC Davis, and, and what role do you see Aggie Square playing in helping you amplify those? What Aggie Square really has become sort of the sandbox because we cannot, it, just by building an innovation district or building a research park or a collection of buildings does not bring industry. It's not about the real estate play because oftentimes these innovation districts are a little bit more expensive than an industrial park building or an offsite building. But it's really creating that environment that is critical for industry, faculty, you know, startup community, clinicians, all to be able to play and innovate and amplify and accelerate technology. So, if I remember right, UC Davis is in Davis, which is about 15 miles from Sacramento. Aggie Square is going to be in Sacramento. What was the thinking behind putting Aggie Square in Sacramento rather than on the Davis campus? It's interesting. You know, we started the project um, focused on the School of Medicine, uh, which is one of the largest groups within of the 10 colleges at UC Davis. They have over a third of the uh, extramural grant funding and innovation. What it allowed, though, is the Davis campus and our chancellor and the mayor of Sacramento to connect and really bridge that causeway and really create more of a regional resource versus being a Davis campus primary uh, campus community innovation. It's really about bridging the whole Sacramento region. So, you know, it's interesting because it really is kind of a, a, a 
a joint partnership, right? It's Chancellor May and, and UC Davis, it's Mayor Steinberg and the city of Sacramento looking to do, as you say, more than build buildings, but really looking to impact some of the neighborhoods that are adjacent to the UC Davis health campus as well, right? Most definitely. I mean, it's very a genuine and something you really have to do in an innovation district, in my opinion. I mean, I learned from you years ago that 40 to 50 percent of the jobs in these innovation districts don't require a four-year degree. So we talk about workforce training. It's, it's workforce training from the entry level to the advanced. You know, it's a lifelong learning environment. It's where you have opportunities for those who did not take the career of going to college, but if they take a one-year certificate or a two-year certificate program, you can get a well-paying job and give them opportunities and exposures to advance their education as well, but they're getting in with industry right away. And for the industry partners coming in, it's, it's about the labor force and labor resources that are in that area. So, so as you think about the advantages of, of being in Sacramento for a business, maybe a business that, that is seeing the high cost of doing business in somewhere like San Francisco, what are the advantages that uh, Aggie Square will have to offer? I think it's a connection with the UC Davis's um, portfolio of being the top agricultural school, um, being one of the top vet schools in the United States, biological sciences, the diversity of the campus uh, educational ecosystem is very attractive. Very, the agricultural component really feeds into medicine. It's all about nutrition. So having those connectivities um, established in a sandbox of what we call Aggie Square it becomes a portal for the Davis programs that don't physically move to Aggie Square, but having a pathway to connect with the industry. And in some companies, it's a you know, full, small, medium enterprise companies that come in are moving uh, lock, stock, and barrel. Others are bringing a satellite of their company in to, to make sure they have a connection with both the startup community and the university in the region. You know, that's an interesting lesson that, that a lot of universities can take away is it isn't just what's, what's sitting adjacent to the innovation district, but indeed, to use your words, how it forms a portal into the entire complexity, all of the, the breadth of a of tier one research institution, even those, like you say, agriculture and vet, that are not going to be in Sacramento, but this is still a way companies can engage with them. Most definitely. And, and we, have, we do it more of a thematic um, focus for, let's say, Aggie Square. Instead of saying it's this department or that department's moving, it's a theme if it's neurosciences which includes five school of medicine departments, two engineering departments, and one from the College of Biological Sciences. Or if it's cancer or nutrition, well, it's, it's, it makes up multiple parties that make up these teams or themes, and those deans are really passionate about supporting the faculty that are there. So it's not about forcing anybody to move. It's an opportunity to advance a thematic area, or impactful area, regenerative medicine, things like that. I'm hearing a lot more about these kinds of inner and transdisciplinary arrangements, and obviously that's how you're approaching it. Yeah, because it's not a spatial solution. Um, you know, yeah, it is space, but you're really leveraging the opportunity of a co-location with industry and with um, faculty and, and, and scientists from the different colleges and different departments. Creates that innovative culture and advancing uh, both technology. So. So when, when a company wants to be a part of, of Aggie Square, or wants to be engaged with, with UC Davis, what, what kinds of services does your office have to offer them? One of the first things we do is sort of vet the, the opportunity. A company coming in, we want to make sure they're not a silo. They're not coming in because we know it's typically not the real estate play, but we don't want them coming in to be self-serving. It's about what they're bringing to the table. So we do, obviously, a thorough background uh, vetting 
for security reasons, but we also look at where they, what, the, what are the touch points? Are they interested in hiring students, uh, interns? Are they in about providing services and or leveraging services from either other industry partners or from the university? And what they bring and the value add that they bring. So we have a um, full portfolio, of, and we also give them access to our cores on the Davis campus. So the, the research cores or uh, fee-for-service cores in Davis or Sacramento they get a membership basically to those cores and get access to. So they're not replicating a lot of their own, um, any services that they would normally have to provide. They can actually utilize ours. That's got to resonate with, with companies, I, w- I would think, the ability to particularly access instrumentation clusters, core labs that are exceptionally expensive if you had to replicate them yourself. Most definitely. I think they're also there, you know, with the incubator environment that our development partner Wexford brings along. They also want to be right near the startups. You know, you don't, they don't want to read about the startup at an investment point. They want to be able to engage with them very early on, either look to acquire them or license or invest in those startups. So it's sort of that ecosystem that's a beautiful environment. So a, a moment ago, you, you'd use the words lifelong learning. And I know one of the buildings will be a lifelong learning building that really is going to face the public as well in terms of public engagement and scholarship. Talk a little bit about the importance of extending that to the community. Most definitely, because we don't want the community to look at Aggie Square as the ivory tower of the college students or the white coats of the physicians or medical students or nursing students. It's really about um, broad uh, community education, if it's everything from nutrition. So we have our our famous chef, uh, Santana Diaz, has talked about doing cooking classes. One of the things in Sacramento lately that's happening is the transition from gas stove or gas cooking to electric. Some people don't know how to cook really well on electric, so they want to do demonstrations on how to really cook on electric. Or buying local vegetables and learning how to cook a squash. So having those sort of community courses there, we have one of our um, credit unions within university credit units looking at doing a financial literacy for the community. Because with workforce training, financial literacy is also very important for these students and for the members of the community, um, both internal and external community. Uh, we've got continuing professional education, which is going to be an anchor program. It's really about that continuing certificate or advanced training certificate programs for existing college students or um, working professionals. So it's very much the culture of we're all continually learning, and if we, it's important that we continue to learn and educate. And so the doors are open. We have community engagement. We have portals for the community to come in and and engage with the university and with industry inside of the building. It's a very porous environment, which is unique for universities. Typically, it's, you know, the, 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 the brick and mortar that sort of keeps the community out. This is more about an engagement, bringing the community in. So help me understand the, the level of excitement. It, it, it sounds like there are a lot of people that can't wait for Aggie Square to, to, to really come to fruition and be able to plug into it. No question. And, and for us, we laugh because typically a university project can take years and years to bring to fruition. Um, with Aggie Square, with the fact that the city of Sacramento and our camp, Davis campus and the team that the chancellor assembled really flew in formation and all the planes flew in the same direction. Um, we got the community engaged early on. You know, we picked the right developer and everybody together had the same passion and commitment and focus and goals which has allowed us to bring it. But it's, it's difficult for people to understand there's construction that has to go on. And so when we break ground probably in January, um, things will go pretty quick, but it's, uh, everybody's anxious. And a lot of these programs we're actually piloting now and launching now. Some of the workforce training, for example, you can't wait to start workforce training when the building's open. Mm-hmm. 
those programs, if it's cell and gene therapy manufacturing, you need to start now so those students are getting their certificates by the time the buildings are opening up and the companies are hiring. So it's really important to get a lot of things going, and we're starting a lot of that with Aggie Square. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a great initiative is don't wait until the buildings open. Start now, which, which continues to build the Aggie Square brand, right? It starts becoming a concept of the ecosystem and not just a building that one or buildings that one goes into. Yeah, and I found a lot of our companies, when I've had the engagements, and I was um, you know, marketing, in a sense, my own way of engagement with industry domestic and internationally, well before Aggie Square was approved, um, was about the industry starting now and partnering with the university now and with the region now. Not wait until the building's built. It's not the real estate solution. Again, it's that engagement they want. So start with pilot projects now, smaller projects and initiatives that really get everybody working now, which has been important. So you've been doing this for, I think, 31 years, you told me. What's, what's changed? What, what's one of the biggest things that's changed in, let's say, the last five years when it comes to industry engagement, both, both from the university side and from the industry side? Um, what I've really learned, and I don't know if it's because of AURP or if it's because of you know, what's happening in, in the world now, is that there's definitely a genuine commitment and desire by industry to be with academia and for academia to really understand and embrace that role that they have with industry in advancing technology and in, you know, healthcare beyond treating disease, really advancing um, innovation so that it brings cost of, of healthcare down or the, you know, uh, exposes students to more opportunities for careers beyond the education they're getting at the university. Uh, and it's something that it's been very genuine. The workforce training, I thought, initially might have been an obligation, became an instrumental and critical step that had to take place. Um, but seeing the community come together and really that it's actually including the community, to me, was is something that is very genuine. And I was very surprised by that. Um, it, it's been positive. And that's something that's really important because you, you have to have the community and industry and academia and, and the city government and everybody involved from day one. Oftentimes, you know, city governments will sit back and wait for an institution to bring an innovation district to, to, you know, to bear because it brings revenue to the city. But if the city's waiting, they're not supporting. If they're not supporting, it's not very successful. And the community can tell when you're not being authentic as well. Right? Definitely. So you talked about the students. One of the things I found interesting is quarter at Aggie Square. Talk a, talk a little bit about that program. What's really great is that um, Chancellor May, when he arrived, one of the first things he said, I want to get undergraduates to the Sacramento campus. So currently it's our medical students and nursing students um, that are based in Sacramento. And then we have the Graduate School of Management has some classes that are there. Undergraduates are in the Davis campus, again, 15 to 20 miles away. He felt he really wanted to get the undergraduates there to get that experiential learning. And he found that you can't tell faculty you're going to go teach in Sacramento. One of the things I always was very impressed with is he made it a competition. So faculty, at least from two departments or sometimes two different colleges, have to apply to teach a course for a quarter. And instead of going, studying abroad in Europe, you're studying at Aggie Square. Where you're studying, you're taking a class in Aggie Square for the quarter, you're engaged with the industry and with the clinicians and faculty from multiple colleges. The faculty that are applying for those, um, those opportunities to teach a, a quarter at Aggie Square are very, getting very competitive and, and sort of hurt feelings when they don't get selected, which is unique, but it's surprising. They're coming together, and they're usually from two um, polar opposite departments. It's changed the thought, but it's really 
amplifying. And it's just an exciting opportunity. It's really taken shape. And so these kids will have, we have the housing that we're doing there. The kids will have housing included as part of their overall room and board package where they're staying and living in Aggie Square. That true experiential, both taking these classes there, but also in get, seeing industry and what's going on. And we've already started those courses. They've already finished the first quarter. So it's an exciting um, initiative that was brought forth by the chancellor and the provost. Uh, what a great opportunity to create your own immersive environment. Well, so as, as we're getting near the end of our time, let me, let me ask you a personal question. What is one thing about you that would surprise people that they might not know? Probably that, you know, in college I drove limousines, managed a limousine company while in college. I did that for a couple of years, and, and I, I stopped doing it only at the point when I realized the longer I stay in the front of the limousine, the less of a chance I have for being in the back of the limousine. Great, Mark. I, I appreciate you stopping by the, the Commons table here at AURP. I know that, that you've worked hard to help put on a great conference here and I, on the board of AURP, so it kind of shows how quickly you can get pulled into a, to a great organization and one that you've made better by, by your participation and what you bring to it. So thank you so much. We look forward to continuing to report on what's happening at Aggie Square, and thank you so much for coming to the Commons. Tom, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Uh, it's been great. This is Tom Osha, and you've been listening to The Commons. The Commons is a production of Wexford Science and Technology, LLC. Views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests. To view additional material about today's episode, submit questions or story ideas, or learn more about Wexford Science and Technology, please visit www.wexfordscitech.com forward slash The Commons. I'm your host, Tom Osha. Thanks for listening.